Road to Life. We love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. This week, we're hearing from our guest pastor who did a great job inspiring us through the Word of God. For more information, visit roadtolifechurch.com, and we'll see you next week. Well, we have a really special guest um, here today. Everybody give Pastor Daniel a shout. Come up here, Pastor Daniel. I have known, we have known each other for 30, he's pastors in San Diego. How many, he was telling me yesterday the weather in San Diego was 85. That's what he said. It's like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. If it was 85 here, then we would look like them and a gazillion people would all be here. And so anyway, but it's super good. One of my best friends, I've known Pastor Daniel, he pastors a church called Summit in San Marcos, San Diego County. And he's been a pastor for, we've both been pastors for lots and lots of years, but um, we've known each other for over 30. So um, anyway, he's got a great word. Thank you. Thank you. Please don't hate me just because it's warm at home. I'm here with you and uh, enjoying it, actually. Um, you know, I, I watched, I've been, you're, hasn't this been a great series? How many have been engaged in this series? This has been really good. I just watched the last couple messages and was really enjoying it. So I'm going to pick up right in Ephesians, right where Pastor Mike uh, led off last week. And I want to talk about something. And please don't shut me out. Please, please don't hate me. Just say I won't hate you. I want to talk about prayer. A lot of people just click you out. They mute you. They're like, oh, you're going to guilt me. I'm not guilting you. Okay? I'm not going to guilt you. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not coming all with something you can't understand. I want to engage you. I want you to be able to leave here saying, ah, I got something out of that that's going to enhance my prayers, that's going to increase my effectiveness. How many of you guys want to engage in business and not get paid? Who wants to invest and not get a return? I don't see anybody raising their hand. When you pray, you want returns. And I just believe that if you engage today, you're going to have better returns from your prayer life. I just believe you're going to get better returns. You're going to engage better. And sometimes that return, even in a relationship, there's an intimate return. And with the Lord, when you pray, there's an intimate return. There's a relational return. There's things that are going to come out of your prayer life. So that's what I'm believing for you. I like to be like the airplane pilot and just tell you right now, this is where we're going, ladies and gentlemen. So let's go. So I want to talk about I want to talk about a weapon. It's not listed in the in the Bible under the weapons that you'll see. It's not listed under the armor. It's not one of the shield or this or that. But I want to talk about prayer. And I really I want to call it the spear of prayer because everybody and scholars would agree that the Roman soldiers, they had another weapon that's not mentioned in the armor. And that is they had a spear. And that spear was effective and that spear was used. And I believe that's the way prayer is. Prayer reaches out and goes beyond us. They had a sword. Pastor talked about the sword. That was really awesome. The sword of the spirit. That's powerful using the word of God. But the sword's usually connected to your hand unless you can throw it like a hatchet. That's a lot of fun, isn't it, Micah? Yes, hatchet throwing. Come on. All right. But the spear is designed so that it will, it will go out and reach out farther. And that's, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about prayer. And I want to call it today the spear of prayer. I want to continue. And as we do, um, first of all, I just want to talk about, the, uh, my wife was a kindergarten teacher, 
and a first grade teacher and a second and a third. She did a lot of the elementary ages. And they polled these kids, first graders, and they asked them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And when they polled them, this one kid comes up and he has to give his, his little speech in front of his first grade class. So we stand there in front of his class and he's like, I want to be a lion tamer. And I am going to go and I'm going to have lots of ferocious lions and I'm going to go in that cage and they're going to roar and they're going to roar. And then suddenly he realized he's talking about being in the cage with a bunch of lions roaring and he's standing there and he's like, and, and of course I'm going to have my mommy with me. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's pretty cute. Have you ever felt like you're kind of like, you stepped up and you're like, you know, I rebuke this, I bind that. And all of a sudden you feel like, man, I'm in way over my head. You ever been there where you feel like you're like, I am insufficient for the task that's in front of me. I feel like, man, I need my prayer team. I need you praying for me. I need, I need everybody praying for me. I need, I need the angels. I need, God. I need, I need, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Jesus, just help me. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there where you're just like, man, I am outnumbered. I am out, you know, like, this is crazy. If I don't have God, I'm done. And, and sometimes that's where we are in prayer. But God created you. He created you and he empowered you. He gave you armor to wear and he gave you weapons to stand against all that comes against you. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? And I know he probably taught you when you've done all else to stand, you stand, right? But we can pray. And when people say, well, I can't do anything but pray. No, you can pray. And that's a powerful, powerful weapon. Hebrews 10.38 says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Now to shrink back is an interesting word. This word's used, the classical Greek word, it's used for a ship's sail. Anybody a sailor here? We had a little sailboat when we were young. Anybody sailor? You understand the sail? It, it, what this word is, when it says draw back, it talks about when the, when the sail is furled to the mask. It's, it's tied up. It's not released. How's a sailboat supposed to go anywhere when you don't have the sail open and it's not in the wind? Hello, somebody. Well, that's about what it's like when you have a prayerless life. How'd you like to be a sailboat sitting out there in the midst of a storm and you're just vulnerable to the waves and the wind and the storm? That's how you get turned over. That's how you sink. That's how you... But when, when you're out there, if there is a storm, I want the sail up and I want to be going through the storm. Hello, somebody. And your prayers are like the, the, the pneuma, the wind. The Holy Spirit is, that, is the wind that goes in your sail. Now, I know everybody's nudging your spouse going, you're the wind in my sail, baby. But I'm just telling you, I'm talking spiritual. Just, just, just hang on here, okay? You need the, your prayers. They get you somewhere. So you can just put your name on the back of that boat. You know how they put their names on their boat? Where's your prayer boat going? Where's your, where's your boat going? How's your life moving? And, and so we need prayer. We, we need to. And, and when we can catch the wind, it's a powerful thing. And so I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about how we can unwrap the sail. So what I want to do is help you untie that thing and catch more wind. Are you with me? I want to talk about how God gave it as a weapon and how he gave it to us so that we can get through whatever battles. In Ephesians 6, verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's a lot of all. Say all. Now, if I was in Texas, I'd be, Hi, y'all. Y'all, y'all. They got a lot of alls. But this, this verse, they put, it looks like a Texan verse, but just saying, 
praying always, say always. With all prayers, say all prayers. What's all prayers? What's all prayers? I'm going to talk about that. And he says, then he says some things here. He says, being watchful to this end. We know what watchful is with perseverance, supplication for all the saints. Say all the saints. And then, he, and then he says, and for me. So who's all the saints? That's your community. And who's for me? That's your leader. That's your pastors. It, it, this isn't really super complicated here. But I got to tell you, if you look at the book of Ephesians, it's one of my favorite books. The first three chapters of, of Ephesians, those first three chapters, what is that? That's doctrinally rich. It tells you identity. It shows you there's so much doctrine in there, who you are, your position. It's beautiful. It's packed with doctrine. Then the last three chapters, they're stacked with practice. So you have a doc, the first half of the book is all on doc, then he shifts in four, and then he talks to you about things. Talks about marriage, best description on marriage, re family, relationships, spiritual warfare, and now you just came to a close in chapter six, and he's talking about your armor, how you're to stand, and how to battle in this life. Beautiful. And in the midst of that, how does he wrap that last part that he brings you in chapter 6? He says, be strong. And your pastor brought that to you. Be strong. Put on the armor of God, the whole armor, mind you, right? And then he says three strategies to engage in. He says, pray in the spirit, pray for the saints, and pray for your pastor. You better pray to get strengthened, pray for yourself, pray for your community, and pray for your leaders. And those three things we should be engaging in. And, and, and I'm telling you, when I mean, think about it. Try to stand in your own strength, and it, you get very limited results. But when you stand with the whole armor of God, you get results. And putting that armor to work is, is, is when we step into battle, when we actually step out onto the field. You know, it's one thing to dress up. My, my youngest son... My, my middle son, I have three sons. My, my second son was a very good athlete. You know, he's out on the field and he's tearing it up. He's just killing it. And the youngest son, he's not really, he was good in choir and singing and in drama. He really wasn't much of an athlete, but he wanted to go out for the sports like his brother. So we bought all the stuff, right? You pay the money. Any parents here, you got to pay the sports bill, right? We paid hundreds of dollars. He gets out on the field and he, he gets hit and he, he didn't want to come back. And suddenly he's sick, you know, whatever the hell week, hell week was him watching cartoons at home, you know, and I'm like, you know, I just had a daddy talk, you know, I'm like, you know, come on, son, just talk to me. I'm like, I don't care if you play or don't play, because I already know he's not like contact kind of person. You know what I mean? He's got an anointing and that's not his lane. And I'm like, so I'm like, you know, son, I'm like, just talk to me. And he said, well, dad, it's this simple. First, he said the whole sick thing. And I'm like, you want to go out and have cold stone right now? You want to go eat at Rubio? You want to go eat food with me, but you're, you're sick? You're, you're sick when you, don't, you know, when practice is in the morning, you're sick, but now you're fine, you, you know? And he said, Dad, it's like this. I figure I could go out there and get hurt, or I could stay home. I must tell him. <laughs> and I realized he didn't feel safe out there. You know, but his brother's like, put the gear on, blah, you know, he's... He's just out there running the thing and just smashing into people. And, but he had armor on. He had gear on. Are you with me? And he wasn't afraid to step out. My youngest son, I bought all the gear, but he wouldn't step on the field. I said, son, how about we give all that stuff to some people who could use it? 
Yeah, that's a good plan. And now I just had to turn it. You know, we paid all this money. How about we give it to, let's scholarship somebody else for the season. Let's give them the gear. He just wanted to keep the t-shirt so he could act like he was on a team. Anyway, but we're Christians. We can't just wear the t-shirt. We have to engage. So if we're going to engage, then we need to engage not just in prayer, but all prayer. So we, we need to know what, what is all prayer. A prayer of the soldiers is like someone who refuses to go out onto the battlefield. They got the weapons, but they're not going to step out into war. But in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, he talks about how God has given us weapons. And it talks about in 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, sorry, chapter 1 verse 3 says, And his divine power has given us all things pertaining to a life of godliness. All things. And verse 4, he says, By which... Have been, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. I want to I partake of the divine nature. I want everything God has for me. I don't want to get to heaven and say, you lived way beneath what I had for you. I want it all. And, and, and if that means engaging and stepping out into places that challenge us, then I want the challenge. So that's where we tap into the divine power and it's like, I don't want to just function in my power. I want to tap into divine power. And prayer is how we, prayer is a powerful tool that gets us out into that battlefield. It's how we take that armor we have out into practice. So that's what the Apostle Paul was trying to tell us. Ephesians 6, 11, he said, put on the whole armor of God. We talked about that. First Peter 5, 8, he says, be sober and vigilant. That means to stand, to resist, to, to be steadfast and and then he says, and I love that when he tells us, be strong, put on the full armor. He tells us, pray in the spirit. So let's break it down. Let's go there. Number one, one, we need to pray in the spirit. So he says, praying always. And I want to touch that first. He says, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit. Remember, I had to say it, say it again. Say all prayers and supplication. And what's supplication? That's a prayer you pray at supper, isn't it? We pray supplication, then we get to eat supper. No. And supplication means when you come and you're with passion. It's not just, you know, it's not. And we pray before we eat, but that's a Thanksgiving prayer. We pray before we eat. We pray. You pray sometimes before you, you drive. You're like, Lord, God, help me that I don't hit a deer on the road. Help me from the crazies. I don't know. When I married my wife, she used to pray all the time. I bind the powers of hell, and I thought, I'm really trying to drive good here. Like, this is about me. Then she got in, and she was driving, and she said, I bind the powers of hell from this car. I thought, thank God it's not me. <laughs> and I do drive pretty bad, but, or aggressive. But, so there's different kinds of prayer. So when it says supplication, supplication is a passionate prayer. Supplication is a prayer when you're asking God for something. Like, you know when I told you, when we're just like, Lord, help me, help me, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. But sometimes you need, I need a new job. Like, I'm done with this job. I can see this job's ending. I need a new job. Uh, or, or maybe you're single in this room and you're saying, I need a spouse. Lord, bring my wife. Bring my husband. And bring the right one. I don't want the marriage from hell. I want the marriage from heaven. Uh, uh, maybe it's praying for health. Lord, I need and I need. And that supplication is a passionate request where you're asking God for something. Isn't that great? Okay, so we're going to pray. But he said... Praying always, 
And that's where we get guilted. Well, I got to pray always. Can I tell you, when you see results, you'll pray more. And when you pray all prayers instead of just some prayers, you'll pray more. And I'll show you why. It says praying always with all prayers and supplication. Now, in Philippians 4, verse 6, he goes into this and he talks about this and he hits it a little bit better. He says, be anxious for nothing. So usually when you have anxiety or fear about something, you're going to pray about it, right? When you have anxiety or fear, you're going to pray, right? Just say yes. Just, just shake the person's head next to you. Yeah, yeah. This is not a trick. This is real, right? So it says, be anxious for nothing. So the cure for anxiety is prayer. And he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Here we go. Prayer and supplication again, right? But then he drops a little bomb right there. And if you get this little bomb, you're gonna, your prayer life will change. It says, by everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Now, why'd they drop that little bomb right there? Let your request be known to God and the peace of God be with you. Surpasses understanding. Guard your heart and mind. I want all that. I want the peace. I want to guard my mind. I want all that. I need what God can guard. I need the armor of God. I need to walk in that. I need, I need that. I need to get rid of anxiety. I need that. But it says supplication and thanksgiving. You know why? Because that's part of all prayer. Say all prayer. Okay, let me show you this. When you're praying supplication, what are you doing? You're saying, Lord, I need, this, this, I need a better job. Okay, let's use a car. I need a better car. What do you think of when you say, I need a better car? That dented car, that scratched car, that old car. My car's got a lot of miles. I need a new car. What do you think of when you're praying, when you're saying, Lord, I need a new car. I need, I need. You're thinking of the old car, aren't you? When you're saying, I need a new job, doesn't it remind you of what that you're going through in the job, what you don't like? When you're saying, I need, I need a, a good husband or a good wife, then you think of the ones that weren't so good, relationships you had, hopefully not wives and husbands. But it reminds you of the negative. And what I'm saying to you is supplication without having thanksgiving is going to get you focused on the negative, not the positive. And if you only focus on the negative, you're not going to be too happy to always go to prayer. I'm not drawn to the negative. Are you? You're not drawn to the negative. You're drawn to the positive. And so prayers, we're supposed to pray with passion. We're supposed to pray supplication. But when you add thanksgiving to it, it changes the whole prayer. The same prayer for the car, instead of thinking about, man, my car's breaking down, my car got a dent. You know, I don't want to fix this thing. You know, this went wrong. I want to buy a new one. You know, I, I, instead, when you add with supplication and thanksgiving, say, and thanksgiving. When you add the thanksgiving, now you're saying, Lord, I pray, I, I'm supplicating. I need this new car. And I thank you for my new Tesla. I thank you for my Ford Raptor. My wife saw this truck and I'm like, yeah, I need a new truck. She goes, I like those. I said, I love you. You're awesome. That's a Raptor. I'm gonna cry. I'm messing. Your husband needs that truck, baby. You're prophetic. Because what happened is you went from supplication, you went into what? Thanksgiving. And you're thanking him, right? You went into Thanksgiving. Guess what? When you're thanking him, you're thanking him for something that's in the future. You went from just the past and the present out here. And when you go into the future, you're tapping into hope. And when your prayer breeds hope, you're going to pray more. Are you with me? Because you got to pray all prayers. Let me take you to another one. So what's some different types of prayer? There's intercession. 
And we'll get to that. That's point two. What other kind of prayer? Thanksgiving prayer? What about adoration? Huh? You're newly married. Congratulations. It was an awesome wedding. You thank God for your spouse. Right? When we get into prayer and we are giving God requests, isn't it nice to start to thank God? I need this, but I thank you. You're the loving father that you are, and you always want to give me good gifts. Are you here? I thank God. I need a new job, and I thank you for the job that you brought me before. But it's time for another job. I need a raise. I thank you for the last raise, but I need a bigger raise now. Because you can see we've got other responsibilities. Are you with me? Now you went from supplication to adoration, praising him. His attributes. He's a provider. You're my provider. You're my good father. You're a loving father. Then you start talking about the attributes of God. And now you've shifted to all prayers instead of just petition prayers. And when all you do is petition, I need, I need, I need, I need. You've got to get all prayers down. So you have to mix adoration in it. Because when you start to do adoration, you're praying up. And then when you start to pray and you're starting to thank God, you're thanking him up, but it starts to move your vision forward because you start to bring in the hope of what you're praying for into your presence. I'm going to preach to this side right here. They're going to amen me. When you're praying adoration, it's coming from up here. You with me? And as you start to, hope comes and you can draw your future in. But what happens is, is you get stuck in petitions and you get stuck in supplications and this is where you stay. And then you, 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 you're not going to pray long. You're not going to pray much. And you're going to stop. Your prayer life's going to be short because you're going to say, every time I walk out of prayer, I don't feel that great. If all you do is blow off steam, what good is that? All I did was complain. God, I need this. You see that? I got a broken down this. I got that. My dog bit me. Everything looks bad. You know what I mean? So we need to be moving forward. And so prayer is a powerful thing. So that's why he tells us, and number one, what's the three things he told us? Pray in the spirit. He said, pray always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit. We need to edify our spirits. We need to go into prayer. We need to pray in our prayer language. We need to pray, and we need to be edified when we pray. When you're, when you're built up when you pray, you're going to feel good. Nobody feels good going in the gym. You feel good coming out of the gym. You don't feel good when you're stepping out onto the to do a walk or a run. You don't step, you don't feel good stepping out to do it. You feel great after you've done it. Hello, somebody. There's a result. And when you're getting results, you'll do it more. When you get results in prayer, you'll pray more. When you're edified in prayer, you'll pray more. Are you with me? So we need to pray in the spirit. We need to pray and and we need to make prayer a lifestyle. When it says pray always. It doesn't mean you just go into some monastery and monk and you're just like, oh, I'm going to do vow of silence and I'm going to, and I'm, no, it, you pray a lot of ways. Like I was just sitting in a tree, we were deer hunting and I was just sitting in a tree and that beautiful red uh, sunrise was coming up and I'm like, God, I just thank you that I could just sit in this tree and like see this sunrise. Didn't see a single deer, but that's okay. I got to see this sunrise and I'm with you. And I told him, I said, you're the best father in the world and I said no in the universe and I so I started thanksgiving and then I started adoration and then I went into some petition also take a nice 10 point bug please thank you sir you know what I mean and that's okay but I'm praying all prayers 
And then I'm like, last year I shot an eight point with Mike here. I shot two deer in gun season. In 30 seconds, I shot a doe and a buck walked out. I'm like, I'll take that again. And what I start doing is leaning on my testimony of last year. I said, you're Lord of the harvest. And just same way I harvest then, I harvest now because I haven't seen a deer and hunting in days. You know, I came in, I came in October and it rained and wind and didn't see any deer. I'm just telling you my prayer just yesterday. Are you with me? I'm telling you, I use this. I'm not preaching a sermon to you. I'm not using. I'm telling you. I, I'm trying to tell you, like, like, you have got to mix all prayers and identify adoration and thanksgiving and petition and supplication. And there's a point for intercession. There's a place for intercession. You say, I'm not an intercessor. We're all called to intercede and stand in the gap. So it tells us that the, in Romans 8 tells us, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. If you say, I'm not good at praying, if you just pray, he, you'll, He'll help you. Pray in the Spirit. Pray as much as you can. And pray in the Spirit and make it a daily practice. Make prayer points. Say, in my commute, I'm going to get in my car, I'm going to pray. You know, I got a pool. So I said, every time I go out to clean my pool, I'm going to pray for my kids. Every time I step outside in the morning and I start taking leaves out of my pool, I'm going to pray for my children and I'm going to pray in the spirit right here. And I'm going to, you know, try to tag things into a regular practice. So then when you step outside, you're regularly going to kick in. Are you with me? I know it's super practical. It's not like, wow, that was the biggest revelation. But I'm telling you that you can do some things that's going to make your prayer life so much more fruitful. So make it a daily practice because he said praying always with all prayers. So you've got to learn how to pray all prayers by expanding your prayer language, or prayer, your prayer arsenal, and, and, then, and, then, and then increasing your prayer in your prayer language. So one, we pray in the spirit. Two, we pray. And then he said pray for the saints. So this is where intercession kicks in because intercession is praying for someone else. Intercession means to stand in the gap. So you have compassion. You say, I'm praying for the homeless. I just feel, I love Road to Hope. I'm going to pray for the people who have needs, not even just homeless, but I pray for regular working people who are having a hard time right now. I was raised with a single mom with 10 kids. I know all about opening the refrigerator and just seeing milk and government cheese. And I'm like, dang, you know, and how do you, you know, I know all about that. So we've, we feed tons of people too. We have a great food ministry. I have a, 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 a passion for that. So I'm going to intercede for them with my prayers and then with my actions as well, go serve, go help give, do something about it. But intercessions, when you stand in the gap for somebody, if you're not interceding for somebody, then you're saying, I care about me, myself, and I. That's not a Christian. No, he says, pray for yourself, pray, pray for your, pray, edify your spirit, but then pray for your community. Don't just go to community for what they can get to me. I love my community because you're there for me and you're there for me and what you did for me. It's like, well, wait a minute. What did I do for you? No, I want to pray for you. And when I find out you're going through it, I want to pray for you. You know, I want to find out when we're in there and they say, I have a prayer need. I want to, so during the week, I can let the Lord speak to me. I want to pray for your need. And when I think of somebody in my community and I'm like, I need to call them and say, hey, what are you going through right now? I can't believe you knew I wasn't going through this. And they weren't going to reach out to anybody. Be sensitive. Are you with me? That's the intercession. Not just the intercessor prayer warriors who are praying the wallpaper off the wall and calling down devils. That's awesome. But I'm saying you need to be there for your community and care. Are you with me? So you need to have a community out of hundreds of at least 12 and out of those 12, you need to have at least three, and then you need to have at least one that you could, like, connect with really deep and pray anything and tell them things, and they could tell you things. 
That's at the lower level of the one and the two, and maybe three or four. You could tell anything to. Are you here? I know this is practical, but I hope it's helping you. Are you is this helping you? I, I, it's got to be practical. I trained, I trained a bunch of martial arts and stuff, but I never really needed it to go like do a lot of stuff, but it saved my life on a construction site when they dropped a big four by six beam right down on me and I did a high defense and I blocked this massive board from killing me. Are you with me? Sometimes we don't know why we're training, but it's better be practical and have a practical application, not just about you. So be a soldier on walk, pray, pray for the saints, cover your brothers and sisters, pray. Just like the, the, they use the illustration of the Roman soldiers, how intimidating would it be for one Roman soldier to step out? Not so intimidating, but when they're all locked shield together and they're marching and they're pushing their line, that's more intimidating. You need community. So pray for one another and watch what God does. Your prayers are powerful. And the last one he said, is he said, and he said, pray for me. How many times have you prayed for your pastor? Don't raise your hand. How many times do you pray for your pastor? Who, how, pray for your pastor every day. Pray for your leaders every day. You should be praying for your, connect, your community leaders and your smaller group. And you should be praying for your pastors and leaders. And you should surely pray for your senior pastors and anybody who hits this pulpit. Because even as I'm speaking now, I'm speaking to people all over that are watching online. And he said, pray for me that I could boldly speak what I'm supposed to speak. Do you know, I'm coming to another church. I could pray. I could preach a prayer. I mean, I could preach, I could preach a sermon not on prayer. Prayer's a hard topic. That's a topic. You could say, leave that for your pastor. You know, people don't line up going, I want to hear more how to pray. Are you here? I could have picked a candy sermon and just come in and get you all excited and fired up. And you're like, man, that's awesome. But instead, I'm praying and saying, God, tell me the word that you want for Road to Life. And he said, look at what the word they're already doing. So I watched what you were preaching. And I said, okay, now I want you to preach this. And I'm like, okay, if I'm supposed to bring the broccoli, I like dessert first. Maybe the dessert's done. I'll bring some broccoli. Are you with me? But the prayer was pray that your leaders are going to boldly speak what they're supposed to speak. That they don't peace out and wimp out when they're supposed to. That they don't just try to tickle everyone's ears. That they don't just, are you here? I don't worry about your pastor in that way. Smile right now. He's not afraid of broccoli. But serious, you got to pray for your leaders, not just your senior pastors, but your whole pastoral team. And when you do, you watch what happens. Because what happens is when you pray, you pray, you get intimate with the one you pray with. That's why you got to watch who you pray with because you'll get really close. Make sure it's someone you want to get close with. And and that's, a, that's an ethical and a right thing, you know. And, and you get intimate, not intimate in a bad way, you get really connected. You get intimate with the one you pray with and the one you pray for. Are you here? So if you feel, I'm not that connected to our pastor, you probably don't pray for him. You know what I'm saying? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about my, my, my growth group, whatever you call your connect groups, growth groups, your connect group leader. I'm not really that. I don't know if I like them. Do you pray for them? Probably like them more if you prayed for them. Are you here? I, I don't, I don't, I love you, Valisha. I miss you. <laughs> I, I don't know if I really like my worship team. I like, 
I like country. I want more country. I like, I like this. I like that. Do you pray for them? Are you with me? The more, the more you pray for someone, the more you're connected to them. And you'll feel. But I just believe that you're going to pray all prayers, that you're going to pray with a different passion. I just believe you're going to pray, even going to see a difference in your prayers, and God's going to see, you're going to see a tremendous result. Father, I just pray right now. I pray, Father, that you would bless them, that God, even as you've called them, that, Lord, that they're going to see answers to their prayers. They're going to see fruit from their prayers. Your families are going to be blessed. The generations to come are going to be blessed. Lord, that you're going to put and install habits. God, your relationship with them is going to increase with adoration and thanksgiving, that they're going to see more hope in their lives as they reach forward and pull their future into their present prayer life. I thank you, God, that you're going to see more answers. I thank you, God, that they're going to see this region changed and beyond. I thank you, God, that their dreams will be fulfilled and their mission and ministries will be fulfilled as they just get a hold of this powerful, powerful thing that you brought down and said, finally, you are strong. You are strong in him. And you have everything it takes to pray and to change your region. In the name of Jesus, amen.